We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wherever you find us, please subscribe, rate, review, and download the episodes, whether that is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the Odyssey app, Omni, 1080thefan.com, Stitcher, places like that. Uh, you can find us on social media, Instagram.com slash Beers on Us is our main hub. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Beers on Us Pod, and on Facebook.com slash Beers on Us. Holla, holla, holla. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Excellent. Yourself? Uh, pretty good. I, uh, I I laughed because the second we posted that episode last week uh-huh. of Where's All the Fresh Hop? Bam. The Fresh Hop was there. No kidding, dude. I get... Uh, I, I left... We did this the next day. I stopped at one of my local beer places, and I saw five on the shelf yeah. and two different ones on tap. Yep. And uh, I went to Market of Choice two days later, and I saw there were three or four of them... Kind of, uh, they had like a little separate table for it, mm-hmm. and then there was like one that was also in the fridged area as well. And I was like, oh, man, there we we're go. like complaining about where's the fresh shop, and here's the fresh. We're hop. like those guys now. We are. Yeah, we're getting older. It's okay. I think this is just part of life. Yeah, I mean, I know what an NFT is though, so we're good on that. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, there is a wonderful, uh, two, two, two wonderful clips. <laughs> Of Mike Shannon, who is a legendary Cardinal broadcaster, also former Cardinal player. And live on the air, he had to do a promotion. Baseball, yes. He had to do a promotion for NFTs and cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And And it's like, like, uh, it was probably for like some cards. You know, there's this no digital thing where you can own cards online that only like five people have and they're worth thousands of dollars. That is uh, on a very base level what an NFT is. And he spends three minutes not knowing what it is. No one in the booth knows what it is. And then he is handed a sheet to read, and he can't even pronounce the words that are in front of him. Some of them are confusing. I understand non-fungible being a weird word. Seroptancy? Yeah, he didn't understand what (laughs) cryptocurrency was. He called it Bicon instead of Bitcoin. And then the word was blockchain. Two words you would know. And he goes, blockin'. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it is a fantastic old man on the air yelling at the cloud moment go find that on that's social how, media and that's how we were last week yelling about fresh hops we Where's were all the fresh well, hops i wanted so oh, bad everybody's slacking does nobody like this anymore and then we found the fresh hops because they are here in front two of in, us two in front of us two in front of us and there were more on the shelves 
Uh, weekend beer-wise for me, uh, I will begin with uh, the fresh hops I did have, and I will end with the wonderful beer that you got for me last week. Mm. But uh, I got a level fresh hop West Coast IPA. I also got one. Uh, I got level fresh hop Oktoberfest, which is what we have poured in front of us right now. And I found a Little Beast Fresh Hop American Pale Ale. Those were the three that I chose to purchase this last weekend. Uh, I quite enjoyed the level IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, the nose was really strong and gave me a lot of like that kind of grassy, like manure-y, like uh, dank smell that I love in the fresh hop beer. Okay. And uh, what I liked about it was that it wasn't like overly like that in the sip either. It was kind of a well-balanced West Coast IPA that just had a little bit more sharp hop character to it. So I thought that was really well done. And then I had the Little Beast American Pale. Uh, didn't love it. It, it. The fresh hop didn't really come through to me outside of in the nose a little bit. I had their fresh hop IPA that I thought was fine. Yeah. And I'll leave it fine. Um, uh, I, it, was, it was clean. It was clear. Uh, it just didn't talk to me. Yeah, the American Pale... Yeah, I mean, I guess fine is the right word. Like, I drank it. I didn't, it wasn't a drain mm-hmm. pour or anything like that. Yeah. It just it just wasn't anything special. So those are the two that I've had. This will, Well, the two by myself. We had the two last week from uh, um, Zoggle House. But, uh, yeah, so we'll do the level uh, Oktoberfest uh, in front of us here. And then we've got a Berlick Fresh Hop as well. I just was, I was just down there. I keep getting these. I was giving Rick a bunch of S. He, I, I walked in. They're like, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I keep getting these damn spam emails about come to Berlick and buy beer. And I was tired of seeing those emails. So I figured if I came to Berlick and bought some beer, I'd stop seeing those damn emails. <laughs> and then I drank with those guys for a little bit. There you go. Uh, and then uh, I had your 10-year-old Abyss from Deschutes. Which was such a funny experience because I poured it. I was nervous because you should be. It's ten years it's 10 old. Ten year old forty dollar beer. I poured it and I took my first sip and I went, "Huh, I don't know if this is good." Uh oh. Because you got, I got a very like sharp flavor at the back end. Okay. Now it didn't taste like vinegar, which I have had when it's gone completely bad. And did you get any cherry coke kind of aspect? To I it? was looking for that because you brought that up to me. Um, not really. That's cool. I think, I think maybe that's what that sharp flavor was at the back end was a little cherry Coke, but it was, I think we caught it right on time. I think another year or six months, it's not a very good beer anymore, but, um, I I had the, I took a sip and I was like, oh boy, I don't know. I took another sip and the second sip gave me a lot more barrel quality and a little bit of, uh, of like chocolate and like uh, stout qualities. And I went, huh. It almost kind of opened up like a wine, like it breathed a little bit. It did. It did. Breathed, and, uh, breathed a little bit. Breathed. Yeah, I think I think the first one was the correct one. And so I was like, okay. I'm going with breath. I'm going to drink this. I, I opened it at 2.30. I wanted to do it during football Sunday. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to open it here at 2.30. We were around halftime of the second games. And I was like, I'm going to drink this uh, through the rest of football. Plus, you got the night game, and so that can like carry you into your nightcap. I, I sipped on it for two hours, two and a half hours, which for me is very slow. Um, I let it get warm, which I, I, I always, always want to do uh, with the barrel-aged beers. And let me tell you, when it was warm, it really came through with the barrel quality. I was like, I was getting the woody, uh, like smoky quality, really, really strong when it had warmed up, and the the slightly off flavor I got at the end was gone mm. when it had warmed up. Interesting. Um, it was a damn good beer. 
it was it, it was a great experience because it was confusing at first mm-hmm. and and then as it as it warmed and as it opened up like a wine it got more barrel quality more stout quality less of the weird off flavor and uh Boy, it hit me hard. <laughs> ten years I'm old. Loaded. Ten years old at whatever it used to be, mm-hmm. which is probably like ten percent or something like that. It's probably higher now from sitting in there for ten <laughs> years. That thing, like I, I can drink a lot of beer and not feel it, or, or at least like minimally feel it. Sure, I'm a very large human being, and it. I finished that, and I was like, "Woo! <laughs> All right, I'm feeling good. Let's go." So it was a fantastic gift. I very much appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to drink. It was a cool experience. I've never had an aged barrel-aged beer like that. And the to, to top it all off was that was the year I moved to Portland. It was 2011. So it was almost like happy 10-year anniversary, Mike. Here's the beer that that was. I'm assuming that was the first barrel aged beer I've ever had. Was Abyss. Oh yeah, I mean I know you're a, you're a, since you moved to Portland, you're day one. You're a Deschutes guy, especially especially their dark stuff. Yep, Deschutes uh, Blackview Porter was the first beer I had here. It blew my mind, mm-hmm. and uh, my ex wife and I would always walk to the pub in Portland because we lived downtown. And that was like uh, once every other week, we'd go take like the 20 minute walk over there, have some beers, have taster trays, you know, eat their food. And I still love Deschutes to this day. And I'm pretty sure in that first year I had an abyss because I I had already knew I liked Black Butte Porter. Mm-hmm. And I think they had like Black Butte, whatever version it was then, 20 something. Black Butte 23. Yeah. And uh, the abyss for that year. And I remember going in the winter and I was like, dark beer specials. Yes, please. And I'm pretty sure those two were the first barrel-aged beers I ever tried. And uh, so it was really cool to kind of bookend that with like, hey, here's the first barrel-aged beer you had, and here it is again 10 years later now that you've become a super extreme beer snob and have a beer <laughs> podcast. Uh, so it was it was a lo- loads of fun, and I very much appreciate it. Well, good, man. I'm happy for you. My Week in Beer is a little similar to you. We, we had some of the same beers. Um, I... I actually drank one of these last night. Um, I don't drink a ton of this brewery, but I found a. I just kind of went to lining kugels. I just went to the. Uh, I went to the the bottle cooler at Bridgetown, and I saw a fresh hop from Matchless. Uh, from they got their fresh hops from Moxie, Washington, which is you know Central Washington. I couldn't remember where what the farm was specifically, and then they also showed uh, Skagit Valley Malt. On there, and it was called like CMS, something like that, which I think were the initials of the people they were getting stuff from, or the hops, or the hops, Citra yeah, Mosaic Simcoe. Yeah, maybe, maybe Strata. something like that. And it was just a fresh hop ale. Okay, is what it was classified <laughs> Interesting. as. Interesting. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it is just a nail with some contact on some fresh hops. Let me, I'll, I'll check this bad boy out. I quite enjoyed it. Now, when you say ale, do you mean like pale ale? Or it, like it just said fresh hop ale. Okay, but like when you went into it, what like what were you thinking? What were you expecting? I assumed it was an an IPA. An IPA. Okay. <clears throat> I assumed it was an IPA. It drank more like a fresh hop, fresh hop baby IPA. Okay. I wasn't gonna say pale because I think it would. So need, it's like a session. IPA. I think yeah, but it had more malt character than a session, but less than a pale ale. Um. So yeah, like a light IPA. 
and actually quite enjoyed it. But the coolest thing I did over the week um, was me and my lady friend, we uh, met up with Victor and Sarah. Shout out to some of our P1s of this podcast. Uh, we met up with them at Ex Novo. And like we, we'd been meaning to get together with them for a while. And so we went down there and I looked at the place and they were doing a taster tray of four different versions of Elliot. Mm. It was normal Elliot, Fresh Hop Elliot Centennial, Fresh Hop Elliot Strata, Fresh Hop Elliot Simcoe. Now we had Centennial on the podcast, yep. correct? Yep, that's okay. the first one we had and we tried that and we tend to start with whatever their first one. I think it's been Amarillo in the past and Centennial in the past and that's where we've tend to start at our Fresh Hop discussions every year with. And it was really, I mean, it was really cool. Remember I did the 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 Starburst one at Ecliptic that was dry hopped with different hops. And it, I just love that concept of basically the same beer with one little tweak. Mm -hmm. And We did it with the Block 15s this yeah, year. Yeah, and I think my favorite was the Centennial. The interesting one was I felt the Strata was probably the most muted okay. of the three, which of the three fresh hops, which I thought was surprising because of how much I you know, lament about that hop, but because, also, because Strata plays well with others, maybe by itself, it's a little bit. Yeah. Muted. But also kind of made a little bit of sense. Um, but my favorite part about it, as I, as I'm going to sit here and, uh, give mass praise to my partner, we had very different opinions on the beers. And so what I would say to you, we had such a fun conversation talking about the four beers I mean, the three specifically, because there's the fresh hops that find somebody that likes beer as much as you that likes beer completely differently than you, <laughs> because she tasted the Centennial and she hadn't had it and I'd had it before and I tasted it and I was like, guys, it's just like watermelon, you know, just like coming at me. I love this. She tasted, she was like, oh, that's, that's bad. That's not good. That's bad. <laughs> and then got down on the Simcoe and was like, God, I love this. And I think the Simcoe was my least favorite. Interesting. You know, so it was like, it was just this really fun, you know, and, and, you know, and, and uh, what, what am I trying to say here? Victor and Sarah did the same thing. And so we were kind of just dabbling and jazzing about that amongst, you know, personal lives and stuff. And, and so it was just, it's just cool to, to talk about beers in a non-pretentious way and just kind of see how we all feel about them. And and it was really fun. And any brewery that's going to take the same beer, I, I actually now am a firm believer I'd like to see that more. You know, like how cool would it be? Yeah, we talked to, about that. How cool would it be to, month or so ago? to have volatile substance, the base beer, and then three different fresh hop versions? No, I, I don't think as many brewers like to do that or want well, to do, do that. Well, it doesn't have to be fresh hop, by the way. Like, right, right. Block 15 series up there, which yeah. was, uh, that wasn't sticky hands, right? It was just four different IPAs. Correct. And they had, I'm just looking at it here Mosaic, Centennial, Citra, and Strata. And they just released them all, like, what, every, like, three weeks a different one came out or something like yeah. that? That was fun. <clears throat> it was and just... it teaches you about the hops. Yeah, we've talked about this in yeah, the past. I on, love it. On, on other podcasts, like, it was such a cool learning, you know, expressive experience that... That's uh, why I enjoy doing our Beer of the Week every seven days for a month. To, it's it's learning. You're, you're experiencing yeah. how the hops change. <clears throat> it just kind of reminded me of that. So that was my fresh hop experience, but I'm going to sidetrack here for a hot second. Uh, GBF was on Friday. Oh, that's right. 
And uh, I'm going to pump the brand here for a moment. Pump away. Um, with a gold at NABA, which is the North American Beer Awards, to turn around and snag a gold at GABF in Munich-style Hellas, I now work for a company that makes the best Hellas in America. Which is fitting and for you. I love the style so much. And this beer has come so far uh, from when I first had it to when I've had it now that I just want to give a shout-out to those that employ me at Grains of Wrath and say congratulations to you guys because that beer is top-notch and it is now proven to be top-notch. And I can't wait to make more of it and excuse my language, but sell the absolute shit out of it. <laughs> like, I cannot wait. Uh, and then shout out to, you know, my old crew at Breakside for snagging another ward with Passion Fruit Sour. I mean, that thing just prints medals. And then grabbing their first lager medal for Disco Queen Lager, which my old friend Dylan, uh, that that's one of his beers. That's their first lager medal at Breakside. And it's Dylan's first medal from GABF. So there's a there's a little personal love to that. And then friend of the podcast, Sam, Eric, Maddie, the whole squad down there at Von Ebert, you did it. We've loved that beer for years and years in volatile substance. And right now you have the best IPA in America. So congratulations to Von Ebert. And I know there's there's other breweries in Oregon and Washington that won some awards, and congratulations to all you guys. But that gold and American IPA, countless times, whether it's American Strong Pale or American IPA, the Pacific Northwest makes the best IPAs in America, and those are facts. Proven. I'm off, I'm off my soapbox. Proven by award show medals. I'm off my soapbox. Those are the best. We make the best hoppy beer in America. Well, we make and the, there's we make the best beer in America. That is also true. I don't know if that's facts, but it might as well be facts. It might as well be facts. And I was just really proud being a born and raised Pacific Northwesterner, uh, a beer kid for a long time, and I'm just I'm just so proud of our community for such a, a once again another great showing uh, at massive award competitions. All right, so the beer in front of us that we have sipped a little bit is the Oktoberfest Fresh Hop from Level. And uh, I, I will say, it is actually very different from the Zoigel October Fresh that we had Extremely last week. Extremely different. What I think the Fresh Hops are doing in this one is they're almost like lightening up the beer. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, you think of an Oktoberfest or a fest beer, you think of malt forward, you think of a great full body, you think of a little bit of sweetness at the back end. And almost what the fresh hops are doing in this specific beer is it just brightens everything up. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a really good hop character at the front end. I'm getting a lot less sweetness. Uh, the malt build is still there in the middle, but it's not quite as like thick. It really just kind of like <laughs> it really just kind of like just took the beer and I don't want to say elevated it because that's the wrong word, but it it raised it up to a lighter level well, it's and interesting I'm, I'm, and i'm loving this because we you know i had a bob toberfest this morning yes i did not stutter i had one this morning due to our job oh i haven't even told you the story i'll, I'll tell it to you later um it's it's a great one due to our other job and what's currently going on as as we're going through like an update and stuff so it's been wild times around here. an upgrade that's not an upgrade yet <laughs> yeah uh <clears throat> what's interesting is we still don't know what to think about these beers, these fresh hopped, non hop forward beers. So it's really fun to have that Zoigel and then transfer to this. I prefer the Zoigel over this one. I do as well. And I think some of it has to do with the base beer itself. I think this Oktoberfest is a little too sweet 
for for my liking. Um, I am a naturally dry AF kind of guy. Um, and so that's literally, yeah. And so thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Shout out. Um, (laughs) and so So you can't have a little levity here and there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so I think there's that some of it, but what's interesting is, and this is kind of the discussion I wanted to have this week on fresh hot beers is maybe the cold side approach. I shouldn't say that. Maybe a hot side approach to some of these non-hop forward styles would be fun. Just to see the difference. Now, I'm going to break down to you the difference between hot side and cold side. Please do. Hot side is when you're brewing. So when you were on the deck with Corey at uh, at Berlick drink for uh, Beer of the Week, that is what's called hot side. That's when your water is hot, your wort is hot. Everything over there is hot. Once it transfers out of that and goes into a fermenter, now it's what we call cold side. Okay? So as the beer, well, not quite, but for lack of better terms, that's what it is. So once it leaves that and it starts chilling, that is now cold side. So the thought process on these fresh hop beers is you. there's kind of one or two ways. Now there's little caveats in each way, but there's one of two ways. Are you putting your fresh hops, when you're adding hops... Uh, when you're on the brew deck and you're adding hops, some people, the people I work for, that's when they add their fresh hops. On the hot side. On the hot side. Other people are great friends at Berlick, my former employers at Breakside. They do it on the cold side where you're taking those hops, putting them in a bag, basically shoving them in a tank, and then transferring the beer on top and now it's sitting with contact time. Instead of it actually fermenting on top of it, it's now just kind of... Bumping uglies with it, okay, for lack of a better term. All right. So when so we cold side, so basically, cold side, the beer is laying on a bed of hops. Uh huh. Hot side, it's dancing with the hops. It's cooking with the hops. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And so there's a lot of you know everyone's got their own polarizing kind of thoughts on this. I know people that do cold side that say, yeah, I do cold side because you get too much vegetal taste on the hot side. And I know people that do it on the hot side that are like, yeah, man, because those people that do it on the cold side, I just get veggie. I'm just like chewing broccoli or onions and garlic. That's weird. Yeah. And so it's this kind of like weird dichotomy, like this weird kind of back and forth. Now, when you get people that say the same thing about two different approaches, it usually means both are fine. It usually usually means that when done right, both are great. Right. And when done poorly, both suck, which boils us back down to just making beer in general right that like however you make it if it's good it's good if it's not it's not you know like like the ruse boys they don't enter into gabf because they say we don't brew to style we do whatever we want block 15 has that same mentality both wildly different breweries you know what i mean so it's like you can choose which way you want to go and when you see early fresh hop beers like the Ex Novos of the world, like the Zoigels of the world, like the Berelicks now, you are seeing that they are more resting and looking at that contact. I live in a world where we do things hot side. I'm it's today is September 15th. I am 14 days away. I'm two weeks away from seeing our first fresh hop beer mm. because we do hot side. I didn't realize that changed the timeline so much either. Because on hot side, you're brewing it, you're putting those fresh hops in when you're brewing the beer. And so it still has to ferment, still has to sit in your tanks. I see, yeah. Still has to become beer to where when you're resting it and you're doing contact time, 
that beer's pretty much done. So now you're looking at, you know, 24 to 48 hours and I actually ran into Rick today and had an awesome conversation with him talking about like Eastside Pilsner. They're doing Eastside Pilsner Fresh Hop right now. And he was telling me like, normally you're kind of looking at it once it gets to 36, 48 hours, you're kind of like, all right, we got to taste this on the hour so we don't go, so it doesn't go overboard. We want to keep it the balance, but still express the fresh hops. And they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And he said it took them to 120 hours. And so you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? They I know were I'm waiting kinda, or they were tasting each hour were, and it just kept going. It kept going. And so they eventually just, because they weren't seeing any progression, they're kind of like, all right, I'll check back in eight hours. Because by the hour, it's not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, moral of the story, the interview, the the episode that is lost forever, the greatest episode we've ever done that's lost forever. As far as you know. Had had such a great interview with Rick talking about the future of Fresh Ops. And what I learned in the conversation today is that we still just don't know. We're still working on it. We know better. We know better, but we've still got a long way to go. Because we don't know the best way to do it for non-hop forward beers. We don't know the best way to do it, whether it's hot side versus cold side. So my brain is like, okay, I've seen it before. I get the cold side, the liquid nitrogen. I get the hot side. You know, I see the arguments from other sides. Okay, well, what's next? I'm the idiot. I'm wrong on that. Because what's now hasn't been finished. All right, let's uh, let's get to the second beer before we run out of time here. Uh, in front of us is Barrelick, and I can't read it. It is Stay Fresh, which is what? Amarillo Mosaic and Fresh from the Farm Simcoe Hops. So the Simcoe is the only fresh hop in this. Yes. Okay. This, is, this is their new beer that they teamed up with their homies at New Seasons. Mm. As we tease this in the episode that's lost forever. Uh, they were working on a project for New Seasons, and this is it. Very nice. Uh, that's exciting. I like I like when they do the little team-ups with the fancy supermarkets I like to go to to get my beer because <laughs> I go there and I'm like, hey, I like this place. Oh, you did something with them. I remember, uh, wasn't it Ex Novo did something with Zupans and we had that on the podcast mm-hmm. once too? Yep, yep. I remember that too. But it's like, can you imagine a small little, like, uh, let's take, let's take a... Uh, Oh, gosh. And, of course, I'm, like, blanking on names. Let's take, like, Ben's Bottle Shop in Vancouver, all right? It's like, we've teamed up with Ben's Bottle Shop to make this beer, and you can only get it at Ben's Bottle Shop. And you're like, dude, that's, like, central Vancouver. <laughs> you got to go all the way to get I got to go all the way there to get it? No offense to Ben's Bottle Shop. Shout out. What up, guys? Um, and uh, But teaming up with a new season, the Zupans, a market of choice, all that kind of stuff. There's locations in multiple places. Yeah, you can find it there's a new seasons in like every neighborhood in portland now every little spot you go to that's like oh there's a new season so there's a new season they are building a new seasons in downtown vancouver good and as a kid that grew up seven blocks from where that new seasons is going to be hell yeah (laughs) well the nose on this is already fantastic yeah, and talking with Rick, it's, these... it's given me a lot of what I look for in fresh hop noses, mm-hmm. where it's giving me more of that vegetal kind of kind of smell. Yeah, and talking with Rick, these guys, you know, they do cold side, so it rests on it, and so it's about, all about contact time and just making it. And they're going down to the farm the day of, and Rick was telling me he went down a couple times with the van, and kind of the same experience as me, 
where you go down and you throw the bags in the van and on the way back, all I smelt from those Amarillos was watermelon. And I was like, this van is the coolest van ever. He said one time he went down with his car and loaded the car with the bags. And to this day, it's like two weeks later, he's like, Every time I get in, I'm like, oh, man, dude, I'm going to get pulled over. Someone's going to think I'm smoking weed. <laughs> Someone's going to think I'm doing Ill- doing something illegal in here. That's funny. Well, take a sip with me on this one. It's uh, it's interesting. It, it, it kind of hit me flavor-wise different than I expected it to. There's almost like it almost like sneaks up on you. There's a bit of like, a, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, IPA, IPA, and then it's like, ha! I got you with that. I'm assuming a hop character or something in the middle, and then it kind of goes back to normal. It's almost like a little like extra jab in the middle of it for me. It's interesting. I think what's really fun about this beer, I haven't experienced this in a fresh hop before, and and I had a half a pint of it while I was there a couple hours ago, which is why I grabbed a can to bring in now. I think what's really interesting about this beer is, first off, let's start with Simcoe. It's Simcoe, right? Which right. is a pretty pungent, kind of in your face polarizing i would even say hop for some people there's something very nuanced about this i find the nose to be kind of like a classic ipa nose with a little something extra but you're right once you once you take a sip it hits the mouth body the mouth feel is really kind of traditional with an ipa and then once it goes down the gullet, you're kind of like, whoa, there she is. Yeah. And that's where that explosion of that powerful hop of Simcoe really comes in. It ends and I think, really dry, too. And I think that's where some of your benefits are by doing things on cold side, is that you are going to, whether it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end, and I know it's hard to like really pinpoint it and like control it, but that's where you're going to have that kind of aspect of where is it going to pop and this beer pops on the back end and if you're going to pop on the back end you might as well call it patrick harris because that's what i'm trying to drink because you know me i'm a back end kind of guy mark you like to pop on the back end i like to pop on the back i live in the back end baby mm, mm. Don't we all like to pop on the but back end, it, but, though, it fin- right? but it still finishes dry. Very and, dry. And it's, it, it's surprisingly dry at the back end. Yeah, it still finishes dry and gives you that like subtle lingerness where you go, damn, I need another beer. You know, and that's kind of that's the kind of stuff I'm I'm really into. Well, what have you had so far? Let us know. Instagram.com slash beers on us. You can DM us. What have you liked? What have you disliked? What have you seen that we have not seen so far? Let us know. DM us on Instagram. Uh, Coming up next, we've got day 21 of Beer of the Week, which last year was your favorite day. Was my favorite. On the West Coast IPA. And was uh, when you felt it starting to not be bad, but start to turn, start to change. It started to uh, become a little bit more muted. And we saw a huge swing last week, so I'm excited to see the swing this week. 7 to 14 was massive, so we'll get to that next. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. time here on beers on us with mike lynch and patrick harris literally day 21 for beer of the week it's gonna be a big uh, change here from two fresh hops to a uh a to hazy, a hazy ipa to a hazy ipa a hazy that's three IPA. weeks old that's three weeks old uh before we really get into stuff i do want to read um some of you guys chimed in on your stuff uh this comes from repairman ben 
Figured I'd chicken on day 14 of my beer of the week. I agree with a lot. A lot less hazy as far as color and mouthfeel. Really enjoyable. I think I liked last year's better, but who knows what the year in between. And that's that's what Ben said. He talked about some fresh hop stuff as well. Uh, and then uh, where are we? Where uh, Homeboy Taylor chimed in as well. Wanted to wait until I listened. So far, my ranking is day seven, day one, day 14. Last year, I liked 14 the most, and then day 21. This year's did not like this day 14. It felt very one note to me. Hmm. For me, the fruit fell off altogether. Bitterness was good. I had almost nothing on the front and a lot of linger on the end. It felt more simple than the last week's. This beer is totally different from the last week. It was a big swing. And it the, was a big swing. We I, knew that. And I, I, and I, I, I think it. I even said, like, it is one very strong citrusy flavor at the top, mm-hmm. which was kind of dominating. So, yeah, I mean, more one note. Yeah, I think that's probably similar to what what I said, but just in a different way. And I wanted to read Taylor's review because, you know, he listens to this pod. We we've we've met him and hung out with him multiple times. And 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 he put it eloquently, as we try to do when when you don't love something, you have to give reasons why. And I wanted to read his opinion on it because for two reasons, one I don't think he's necessarily wrong. And two, remember we're all different. Yeah. Like that's the big thing, you know, and this is a style for us. I kind of lean on you out there as the listeners and the conversations I've had with Corey and Travis and, and Rick about this beer um, over the weeks to just kind of see, you know, we don't drink this style. So I'm still learning. You know, even though I'm just here for a money grab because Mike and I are now buying yachts because we made this hazy idea. Yes, yes, yes. So I just want to make we're, sure. We're selling out for this. Yeah, we're selling out for this because we're so rich now. You know, I just traded in the brand new Bronco for a Maserati because mm. I wanted people to to know that, you know, I was cool. That's a little splashy. I went with the Porsche. Porsche. If you're going to drive a Porsche, Mike, you better call it a Porsche. <laughs> nah, I'm going to be different. <laughs> I'm going to be different. So, Screw all those people telling me what to call it. Moral of the story, like, that's what's fun about this. And that's the whole reason we're doing this. So thank you to Ben and to Taylor and to those others of you that have reached out re- reached out to us about these. Like, that's what we want to hear, you know? And I know that some of the Barrelit crew drink, they listen to this stuff too. And just because you aren't a brewer, just because you aren't a scientist, they, like, you're the consumer. You buy the, you buy the stuff. So I want to know what you feel. So uh, the nose on this first uh, first impression is the nose is more muted than it was last mm-hmm. week. It's a little bit harder to get a, a smell out of it. What I am getting is a little bit more juice quality in the nose than I have the first two weeks. I was just about to say that. I am getting less of the hop character right now, but I am still getting, which I have to think in our conversation with Corey, which is lost forever, um... I have to think that's a yeast aspect. Well, that's what I was going to say. So yeah. for me, at least in the aroma and the nose, the yeast is still just, baby, going strong. And for the sake of this experiment, kudos to day 21. Like the yeast flavor profile is still there. I will say on first sip, the hop character is very little on this now i'm getting the bitterness 
I'm getting a little juiciness from the haze, although uh, it's not it's not overly haze tasting. I, I kind of feel like the hops have really taken a huge dip in these seven days. You know, after I just took my first sip, you know, I might agree with you. I think I think here we are another seven days with another huge swing. Mm -hmm. I think right now, as I was kind of alluding to, I said this before I took a sip, as I was kind of alluding to, this beer is showcasing the yeast right now. Yeah. That I'm kind of with you. And, and, and it'd be curious, you know, and as I continue to talk with the boys about this beer, I'd be curious to understand why the hop character might fall off. Because as you remember last year when we spoke about this, Day 21 was like my hop sweet spot. Yep. And I even talked about this last week that I was so jazzed looking forward to this week thinking about, okay, all right, all right, there's the hazy aspect. We're starting to see it thin out a little bit. We're starting to see the, the mouth feel feel a little lighter. Where's the hop character going to be? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I don't think the hop character is gone by no. any means. I'm not poo-pooing that. I, there is a little bit left in there. I got it on the second sip. I was like, ooh. It was almost like the Simcoe kind of broke through a tiny bit for mm -hmm. me. But like last, Which would make sense. It's the most pungent hop of yep. the three. Last week, it felt like the, uh, the mosaic was really shining. And then this week, it feels like the Simcoe is what's lingering and kind of hanging on there. And for me, there's that kind of... You know, I've always talked about this, like your house flavor of beer. Every brewery has a house flavor. I think it's a good thing, unless you make bad beer, then it's not a good thing. But I think knowing, you know, when you can close your eyes and say, that's a Barley Brown beer, that's a Boneyard beer, that's a Deschutes beer, like I'm really into that. This still tastes like a hazy to me. You know, not specifically a Berlick beer. This tastes like a hazy to me. And I think that is probably yeast-driven. So for the sake of our experiment of where the yeast, of, of talking about yeast and stuff, I would say day 21 is the best. But it might be because everything else is subdued. Mm -hmm. In terms of the beer I want to drink, day 14 is still my favorite. Uh, and you were on day 7. Yeah. That's better than 14. And as I start to think about it, I think I'm day one. You were I day think, zero. Yeah. I, I day think one. I'm day zero, day one. And that might be where I meet the rubber when it comes to hazies. That it's not my style. And I'm fully, you know, will always admit that. And that's my favorite way to put it. It's not that I hate hazies, it's that it's not my style. And so through this so far, I can't wait to taste 28. 28 is going to be, I have no idea what we're buckling up for in a week, <laughs> and I cannot wait to get there. But I think what I am learning so far when it comes to hazies, which are so yeast-driven, is the fresher, the better. Because as a West Coast IPA drinker, as we said, as I've said a million times and said it last year and said it last week and the week before and the weeks, weeks, weeks before that, I like it at day 21. That's when hops really shine for me in well-made hop-forward beers. Now, that's not to say that that's the case with all hazies, though, because this Agreed. is not a style that we consume uh, a lot of. I mean, it could just be the way this beer was built that this is happening on day 21. Maybe a different hazy tastes completely different on day 21 than this one, right? I feel like, I feel like beer of the week right now would taste so great. 
if you're a diehard hazy drinker. Maybe not great. Maybe, maybe let me step back from that. But I think if you're a diehard hazy drinker and you had this beer right now, I think you'd be like, that's a good beer. They'd be like, I really like this beer. Because of the yeast. Yeah, and, and, and just the flavor profile. It's it's not overly bitter right now. It kind of it doesn't finish sweet, but it I know I I know I'm still struggling to find a better term for this. It finishes wet. It doesn't finish as dry as last week did. It finishes a little more lingering, a little more if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think as hazy drinkers, what I gather from people I know that are hazy drinkers, that's what they're into. All right, well, let us know. Instagram.com slash beers on us. What you think on day 21. If you are a hazy drinker, if you're not normally a hazy drinker, be interested to hear your differing thoughts, I assume, differing thoughts on that. So we will wrap this up next week. I guess we said we would go back to Barrelick day 28. So I guess we're going back to Barrelick next week to do an episode. Oh, my God. My arm hurts so bad. Please <laughs> quit. Please stop. Well, uh, we'll chat with them about that because we said we would do a day 28. So that'll be next week at some point. So, And uh, I'm still working on the Crosby kids. I just want to let them chill out for a moment in this fresh hop craze. And then hopefully we can bring some Crosby kids in and, and talk about uh, how what, what harvest is like. So uh, expect us at Barrelick next week. Hopefully it will not be lost forever. They gave us a new micro SD card that hopefully will not be corrupted. And, the best uh, episode ever. It, it was very good. I like It's like ingrained in my brain. I can almost like recite the episode for me. Well, I remember Corey saying at the end, we're like, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for sitting down. Like, you know. You know, you seemed nervous last night, so I'm glad that you were, you were good on there. He goes, well, you guys make it easy. It's so natural. And it was like, Aww. Did you just say we're good at our job? Wow. But, like, the fact that he said that meant, like, he thought it was a good interview. Right, right. And yet, only three people heard it. Well, let, well, well I guess four, four, pe- four, four people heard Rick. it. Well, and five with Nick. Well, Rick only showed up halfway through. Nick was over there listening, giving <clears throat> Corey tips on what to say. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, use that word. Yeah, that's the right word. Good marketing. But uh, so four people heard it, and only four people can tell you how good it was. And you're going to believe us, damn it. Hey, let's try to take that strength we have on this, and uh, let's go talk baseball. All right. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Keen says. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.